0: Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Okay, guys, really exciting here. We're working on the script for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. And uh, you know, we've gotten some notes back. Um, we're 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 parsing some things, but generally the headline is that Sephiroth doesn't seem menacing enough. So we're gonna punch mm. up that section, you know, really uh, really get it, like why he's one of the most iconic villains of all time. Cause I, you know, when that right. music kicks in, it's just like, we want that audience to be like, fuck yeah, here we go, it's Sephiroth, oh no. So, um so yeah, yeah. No, just, I, uh, I really
2: felt this with the temp animation. Like, I was just watching. I was just like, this just isn't having the impact yet. You know, yeah, Because yeah. so yeah. he's such I'm, a I'm presence in the video game. One hundred percent. Yeah, one of the most iconic villains in all of video games.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. uh Just if you guys can pitch me some lines to bring out that you know that anger, that menace, that uh that threat, um and and you know anything is we're, we're blue sky in here. I'll put anything up on the board. So uh, why don't you guys kick me a few?
2: Um, okay, I, I, I got one. Uh, how about kind of like, you know, just a thing you could say, yeah. you're mine cloud. I'm going to wrap my legs around your body.
1: Okay. Um,
2: cause I'd feel very yeah. threatened if someone said that to me. Yeah,
1: that's pretty, of course, uh, pretty, pretty aggressive. Yeah. That, yes, that is threatening. But again, so this isn't what I wanted to highlight cause I was hoping to just guide you guys in the right direction. The, the 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 real note behind the note is that a lot of these menacing lines are a little sexually charged. Oh. So if we could pull back from that, you know, right. I, I'll, I'll put it up on the board. But, you know, just like uh, let's let, let's amplify that presence. So, uh, oh. a, again, anything you got, anything you got. OK, right. Right. what
3: about can I can I can I throw this one out there real quick? Yeah,
1: sure. Absolutely.
3: OK. Can you bear to see the planet suffer cloud? Doesn't that make you want to fuck me?
1: uh okay Pretty intense. so it uh that is it is intense and you know when i think about those those voice actors reading that line i'm i'm really excited it's about good. that first part the yeah, second part PG-13? again can we say we, it's oh. it we uh i mean we get one that, but i don't know if
3: you could do is it sexually yeah what about uh, blow my back out that's okay. good
1: <laughs> that's a good all I'll put it up on the board, but uh, I'm really looking for stuff that's not they're 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 concerned about the relationship between Sephiroth and Cloud. And I'm not I'm not like this is the bad guy, you know, so. He wants to destroy the planet, but I don't think it needs to involve fucking him.
2: No, Mm. I'm with you. I mean, look, we know these guys are going to duel, right? It's the yes. showdown we've been promised yeah. uh, yes. since they're coming back since the end yeah. of, of Final Fantasy VII. What about something like my sword's longer, but yours is thicker? Uh, <laughs> Why don't we touch?
1: I I don't know where I could incorporate that line into the fight sequence. I don't want to take a beat and have Sephiroth comparing. You know what? I'm I'll pu- uh, I'm gonna put it on the board so we can move past it. You know, but just Sephiroth any, anything you too- Sephiroth
3: is like he's more than just an antagonist to Cloud, right? He's more than just his relationship to Cloud. There's like a lot. He's a three dimensional character, yes. right? So he yes. should be able to do some, you know, say some things, not to Cloud, right? Sure. Yes. Uh, he has the, you know, obviously the relationship uh, with um, with the Life Spring with Mother, right? With Mother, yeah. well, He's always we calling her Mother. Yeah. So how about th- uh, how about this, Mother? Days have come again. And so have I.
1: Okay, I.
2: Mother, I want some mommy milkers from Sephiroth. <laughs> goo Goo Daddy is, Gaga, no, baby. No, Hungi? I don't.
1: I don't want him. I don't want. I'm talking to the planet live or Erith in terms of milkers.
2: Okay, God, look, I, I I I get the note. I think I understand. How about something that's a little bit more abstract, like uh uh, hey cloud. Uh, Have you checked out Nick Weiger's deviant art page? He's got some cool positions we should try out. Like he's already drawn what we should do in reality now.
1: I didn't know you had a deviant art page, but I'm going to have to send you to HR. (laughs) I'll link you. (laughs) I'll send you a link. No, I don't. I don't send that to me don't send that to me the current year is Why, 2004
2: I, so i'll email you this link i know there's, there's no not i don't, good, that. Another I way don't to send want that i
1: don't i don't don't <laughs> please don't send okay it's okay. A, it's email you've, check your outlook no i've seen you i can see that it's popping up on my outlook multiple times you're sending yeah. it multiple times i don't yeah, want to click any of these links
2: it's mostly rouge the bat but there is some final fantasy content
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: How about okay, that's like, have... how about we call up my friend Rouge the Bat? Okay, no, yeah, I this don't... is now
1: this this really is starting to sound good. No, I don't want there's no fucking in in the in the movie. There's no fucking. There's no Okay, well, Rouge why the are bat we
2: making in... a movie?
1: What? But...
2: <laughs> Great question.
1: Why are we making this movie? <laughs> <laughs>
2: We open up our flip phones and dilly-dally, shilly-shally as we discuss polarizing 2005 animated film Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, this week on Get Played.
1: Welcome to Get Played, your one stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger.
2: That's me, Nick Weiger. I'm here with our third host, Matt Abadaka. Hello, everyone.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Premier Video Game Podcast, where this week we are talking about 2005's uh, uh, direct to home video release. Yes. Final Fantasy seven Advent Children. And we're we're watching the most recent version of it. So Advent Children Complete. Uh, it is a longer than two hour film that dives into the story that happens after Final Fantasy seven, specifically two years after Final Fantasy seven. And I think we've got a lot to say. And I'm really excited to say it because, you know, I love this shit.
2: There's there's no shortage of things to talk about with FF Seven Advent Children, which we're talking about it's somewhat on the eve it, uh, as the the release of Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth approaches. Yeah, it's exactly a week and a few
3: days before, uh, but it's 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 timely nonetheless, you know. And I, I'm excited because I had never seen this before.
2: Yes, well, I had never <laughs> yeah. seen the extended cut before the the two hour six minute one. This is one that I'd forgotten. I basically like it exited my brain in 2006 <laughs> and really what i was like my thoughts were and i'll get get into it but i like i just kind of was like oh yeah it looked cool but it kind of was bad and that's ba- that was basically the entirety yeah. of my take on final fantasy 7 advent children
3: i mean I, just thinking about my experience so far i played through final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. and playing through final fantasy 7 remake now i've watched this i've just ingested a lot of a lot of information a lot of final fantasy 7 information my You've brain binged is mostly on the cannon, yeah Yeah, I, i'm I, i'm doing my due diligence here deep diving
2: yeah loaded up with materia i, <laughs>
1: um, I uh i feel like there is also uh an enormous uh an enormous amou- amount of canon that is no longer available for example there is like a mobile game that had extra canon there was uh, a P- ps2 game about vincent who's the was it Dirge of Cerberus?
2: Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about that.
1: There's so much more canon for this that it really, I think it sets uh sets sort of the foundation and the precedent for the baffling canon of Kingdom Hearts, which is yes. also by the same uh I, I think basically some of the same team, and certainly Tetsu Nomura, who uh directed, co-directed this and was the character designer for Final Fantasy VII. and I believe he is the uh, lead director on the remakes and rebirth uh uh games so
2: he's certainly involved in rebirth i don't remember what is what capacity was involved in remake but um but yeah we'll talk we'll certainly be talking about no more yeah um, we, have, uh, some, we have so the, much in the, in, to talk about yeah but before uh, we do that uh first up I, I do want to remind everyone that this month's we play you play our full episode de- dedicated to one game at length will be baldur's gate three the long awaited BG3 episode is coming next Monday, February 26th. So go ahead and look forward to that. And we will try to, you know, this is a game with a lot of spoilerable content, obviously. So we're going to do our, we haven't recorded this episode yet, but we're going to do our best diligence to try to parcel that off so that if you want to listen to portions of the episode, but you don't want the whole game spoiled because you haven't finished it yet, uh, hopefully you will have some good off ramps there. Uh, so, but anyway, I'm very, very excited to talk to. You all about bg3 in in just a few days from now where are you where are you at right now in the game um i'm in act three okay i just did um i mean talk talk you can talk vaguely talk very
3: generally i just did a quest uh-huh. there's a quest that involves two parts yes two separate parts yes this is kind of parts. the main
2: the main story thrust of the third act
3: i just did one of them okay. and i considered it maybe the most fun i've had in the entire game wow okay
1: Okay. Okay. And,
3: I, and I've been been enjoying the game. Like that's the thing. The game is full of good stuff. There was a thing that I did that I was like, I can't believe this is in a video game.
2: This rock. I think you're on track. Yeah. Uh, to finish uh, for the record.
1: I am playing a little less canonically. <laughs> I, I I think. Uh, I. So I was going to talk about this on you know in, in our section about what we've been playing. Uh, so if, if we can kind of bridge, then I can continue to talk about it, but otherwise I'm going to yeah. I'm not going to have anything to talk about during that segment. Let's,
2: let's, let's do that now then. Uh, it's time for the question we always ask. Let's talk about some video games we're playing right now. What are you playing?
1: What am I playing? So I've been playing Baldur's Gate three. Um,
2: yeah, it's a real relief that Resident Evil I, didn't interject there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, he's not always around. He's kind of yeah, his own I know, life.
2: Just, I was really worried because we had a natural sort of
1: yeah, you know, it was transitioned
2: nice. to your thoughts, and I was worried that he was going to derail us completely. It, so it was but very it was happen. very
1: nice. It's smooth. smooth. Yeah. Um so as I as I sent you guys, I am off the map. Uh I am in an area yeah. where the map is not rendered, and it is looks like a glitch. I I jumped to a place that I think I'm not supposed to jump to because i was like oh it's okay as long as i have 1 hp i can bring these guys back uh and i kind of like moved the cursor around until i found a small pixelated segment of of area that i could jump to cuz i was like you have to be able to get down there um and and now i'm down there and uh i i i i'm a i'm concerned that i have to, i'm going to have to go backwards and re, reload from from previously, cause I'm not sure what I'm doing.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, if you jumped out of collision, you might, might have so, to reload there.
1: So I'm, <laughs> So that's where I am uh, physically in the game. Yeah. Um, then emotionally, I learned something that has really helped me progress. I don't know if I'm in act two or if I'm somehow bypassing the act structure of the game. <laughs> because I'm beyond where it says act two starts, but I have not yet received the message that Matt told me I'd get that was like, you know, when you go beyond here, you'll, you like, there's like a, like you said there's like a significant like save screen that's like progress beyond here. will we'll make sure you don't have any loose ends to tie up, I, c- I think is what I you said. I could ask
3: you, I feel like I could ask if you've ventured past this point because it's not a spoiler point, like it's not a story thing at all. Have you gone through the mountain pass at all, or did you go? Did you come out yes. from the Underdark? Then I think yeah, you're. I I'm, think
1: I'm past there. I'm on a second map. Then I or think thir- you're like you're a, in a act fifth two. Map. I don't know who the fuck I am. Um, what I so here's the little thing that I've learned that really has helped me speed through some of this game. I have been entering areas and as i've said people all turn and attack me and yeah. they're upset about something i've done earlier that again i never intended to do uh i'm playing <laughs> truly chaotic neutral where every choice is based on like how the person is talking to me um what i've realized and this is going to seem obvious if i enter an area and all the npcs are red as soon as i get there i can just open up on them Like, I don't have to wait for them to attack me. Right. And that has made it obvious to me what areas the NPCs are not previously engaged with their anger with me and has also made it so that I'm not dying as much because I'll walk into a thing and then like your initiative rolls and like 110 fucking people are up at the top of the screen and they're all angry and they're like people they're they're angry people. Um so now I can now that I've realized that I'm like oh this area is all red, I can sneak in and murk these guys one by one without like having you know to fight 25 NPCs at the same time. And that's that's really made it speedier. Um and I wonder how much of the loot that I'm seeing you guys have seen also. Cuz I'm all, I'm clearing everybody. Which
2: is Yeah, great. I mean some of the stuff that you will find, it it's interesting because I think there is overlap in terms of how you're playing it. And I know there's there's not like traditional D&D alignments in fifth in edition or in Baldur's Gate three. And I know like it's it's reductive to say good or evil, but just in terms of shorthand, it's like it, I I think sometimes what you will get from killing an NPC, you might get like some item that they have on their person if you're playing a more virtuous playthrough, you might get that same item as like a quest reward. Uh, there's ah. a lot of things like that. Or, or you might pickpocket something from somebody that, again, they, they might get, just give to you or sell to you later. So I think a lot of the loot is accessible, though there are a few items that, you know, notably Minthara. And this is early enough in the game where um, it's act one. And I think people know this. That's the big car- the, the big NPC that's only available uh, or at least until recently was only available in one playthrough uh minthara uh, has some armor uh on and and some other items uh mm-hmm. on her person that you will get if you defeat them uh but otherwise if they join your party it's just her gear so
1: oh i don't yeah. know who that person is so i may have executed that person
2: what this is what <laughs> well where we'll, I'm, I'm very excited to talk at length about your particular playthrough but like you're doing things that are very off the off the map in terms of not just literally but also just in terms of how one of these playthroughs normally progresses cuz you did things kind of out of sequence. Is there? Yeah. So Minthara would normally be someone that you would befriend in the goblin camp by turning on the tieflings um in that process, but you might have just killed Minthara and then turn on the tieflings anyway.
3: Is there like a Obviously this is very different, but you know in like the Telltale games at the end of like each chapter, yeah it'll, like, tell you what you did. And what percentage, yeah. And, like, what percentage. I don't need the percentage. Is there a way that I can see what I've done? Because, like, I I definitely remember a lot of stuff, but there's, like, I'm sure there's, like, small things that I'm, like, I don't even remember what I did in that, in that instance. I'm sure if what I just go the, through like my journal? journal. Yeah,
2: I think you go through the yeah. quest log. It, yeah. It's not a, the quest log isn't, like, great it's not super comprehensive but there's enough where you can kind of scroll mm-hmm. through and it, it will say like if you abandon a quest or if something was on with like you, you yeah you finish something in a different way like it'll it'll have those details
3: i do know that i guess i just did look at this because i just did i did a quest yesterday um where the mission was to save a bunch of people yeah and it completed because they all died uh <laughs> <laughs> like, okay like and i was trying my best yeah right yeah uh but they they just all died and i was like okay well look, that quest is over um and then if you i guess you go if you go to the journals like no one there were no survivors
1: <laughs> i i also exited the underdark before i did the goblin camp like I like yeah, go... so
2: again you're just totally out of sequence in terms of what I, I it's it's amazing that the game can accommodate this but yes. it's you're out of sequence in terms of how people normally progress You
3: find out in the code it's written that it's a Heather Ann Campbell playthrough <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well but that's that's what I've been playing. Matt, it wow. sounds like you've also been playing Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I I think I, you're I, playing it also.
2: <laughs> it's the only thing I'm playing but I have something else to
3: talk about. Go I on, oh, okay. I am back up. I am back in my bullshit. Uh I I am not that I like stopped for any particular reason but I guess I did stop to play Final Fantasy 7. Um but this this what what I've been doing right now, the stuff I've been doing in Baldur's Gate 3 uh has reminded me why I loved it to begin with. It's mm. cuz it's just it's also a good game where like I feel like some games you can't pick back up after a significant amount of time where Baldur's Gate 3 I feel like controls really easily and like smoothly where I don't have to like, I'm not remembering memorizing button combinations, right? I know what brings up my, uh, like my wheels, uh, and I know what I have on them, and it's very good about telling you where you have to go, or you know, in in general the area where you have to go. Whereas yeah, you like, don't
2: remember which shoulder button shoots the grappling hook. Yeah, you know, it's it's because it's it's not it's a turn based game uh there's it's a little bit less of a steep learning curve in terms of getting back into it.
3: So yeah, the it's it's more forgiving in that way. So I've been enjoying it so much, but um I'm I'm also I'm playing through Final Fantasy VII remake and I have a I have a suspicion that I don't want to I don't want to vocalize. Okay. Not until I'm done with it and I know I'm correct. But I'm playing through it and i am i am really really enjoying it i wish every game was this like i don't know it's like it, it's beautiful it looks great i really love the combat um i love i love materia i love i love all this i, I just it's just that's a great game and i'm so glad that i finally came to it because i'm i'm hopefully going to finish it before the leap day the, uh, the, where, when, uh, when Rebirth comes out. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's, it's still, it's uh, we're about halfway there on the, on the calendar. I, I still got a little bit of time. I think I can knock it out. I think if I really focus, I can knock out the rest of Baldur's Gate 3 before the, before the record. Sounds crazy. I think I might be able to do it and then get back in there and complete, uh, complete remake as well. But, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for me. I've also been just getting a lot of use out of my portal, by the way. Just been playing. Ooh, wow. Baldur's Gate 3 on the portal. The screen's big enough for that. Screen's huge. Wow. I love yeah. the screen. It's great. Uh, it's really, really fun, and just, but um, that, that, that's it for me.
2: What about you, Nicholas? I think you should, Nicholas? Am I in trouble? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Trying to remember if I stole something from the kitchen.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I felt like being um, uh, cordial for some reason. All right. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> oh, uh, wait. You know what? I heard it, and I don't like
2: it. You're right. <laughs> I think you should try to uh, budget your time how you can. Uh, yeah. Do, but I think you should try, You should prioritize trying to finish Baldur's Gate 3 before we talk about it. I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about the end game. Yeah. I'm um, certainly not don't think Heather's going to get there. But, like, the end game will at least may inform... It's pretty consequential. It may inform your thoughts on your playthrough overall. So. Also,
3: oh, real quick, too, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think I'm going to do this yet. Zig texted me yesterday and asked if I was playing Helldivers 2. And I said no, but I could be convinced. And he did say, help me spread democracy. And that almost was enough. Like, I almost just <laughs> yeah. did
2: it. I've heard, some, <laughs> I've heard some very positive things about Helldivers 2. I just don't think I'm going to have any time. For
3: I it. don't know if it's the type of game for me, but everything I've seen about it looks cool, it looks awesome. Uh, but maybe I'll watch a YouTube video or something and then we'll see. But, you know, that's just that's just how it goes. Somebody tells you to get
2: a video game and then you get it and then you play it for a little while, yeah. don't you? Oh, boy. Hopefully you have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Rochelle, did you ever return to Baldur's Gate 3? I know you were playing it for a time.
0: Um, I did go back and I... Do not remember what I was doing. <laughs> like <laughs> just plot wise, I had no idea um, where it was. So I played for a little bit, got some quests done. Uh huh. But it just like seems like I'm in this like little quests mode. Like there's like right. I'm like being a detective right now. In you're. The I am.
2: <laughs> so you're in Act Three. You're in Baldur's Gate, the city.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There is there is some like st- like straight up like detective segments of that that arc of the game. You gonna stick with it? TBD.
0: Yeah, I I will because I want to get to the meat. Because right now it just feels like I'm on a wild goose chase. Yes. Yeah, and I just want to get—I want to get back into the story.
2: Hell yeah! There, there's so much in Act Three. I think it's like maybe forty percent of the game, which is kind of crazy to think about. Wow. You get there and you're like, I've played hundred hours, and like, oh, there's like more. There's like almost as much as what I've already done still left <laughs> uh, when it feels like you're heading towards the finish line. Um. All right. Well, hey, I'll talk about what I'm playing. Uh, Great. I am what are you playing, playing Baldur's Gate 3 Thanks Heather. I'm playing <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3 <laughs> But forward, also uh, Also I picked up this book We were talking art books oh, yes. With our friend Ashley Escada last week mm-hmm. And I picked up this book NES Endings Compendium Wow um, This is uh, this is by Ray Esteban Is the author and it's published by Press Run This is a beautiful hardcover book uh, That is available uh, I you, you can still get a copy And what it is is it's a catalog of by year, um, and this one covers 1985 through 1989. So it is volume one. Every game that was released for the Nintendo Entertainment System, um, aka the Famicom, in North America, and list all the games and shows all of their endings. And so, like Super Mario Brothers is here. Yeah. Matt, you, you can see this in the studio. Uh, it's like it kind of shows it gives some context in terms of like what I, what is actually happening here. And then it has screenshots of, of what the ending is. And what's amazing about this is a time capsule is just, you really get a sense of where video games were at that point in time, where some of the endings are. And Matt, I'll show you the, the, the ending for this game. I had Gradius that I never Ooh. finished as a kid. This was a Konami, a game that had the Konami code. Um, This was a, sh- this was a shmup. And the ending is, you know flies it like a death star like like it's like it's like a still of a ship flying towards a death star uh the death star exploding and then the words congratulations in all caps and that's all you get that's finishing this game and that was so many games in that era heather i'm sure you remember this as well um of like yeah again this is another one this is a uh this is Uh, This is Ikari Warriors, another game I had, and the ending is, you have saved the world, congratulations, peace has arrived at last. Um, So a lot of them are just, are really just text, even for for games that are well-known and well-regarded, it's just like there just wasn't a lot of cartridge space or, you know, uh, it wasn't a thing that was prioritized in development because the point of a game then was to play it, it wasn't to experience the story. All that said, where you see this really contrast, and this is a game that I think has been kind of uh, a little bit forgotten, and if anything kind of superseded by the remakes that came, or not remakes, but the, the you know, uh, uh, the, I guess, requels, reboots or whatever that came in the Xbox era, uh, Ninja Gaiden, uh, which was in the NES era, was just like remarkable as a console game in terms of its cutscenes, in terms of its cinematics. So I'll show some of these to you here, Matt. These but are like, like really
3: gorgeous. The, yeah, the,
2: the it's this amazing pixel art. Uh and they they have they it has like really cool shot composition. Um, and there's actual there's actually like a story that's being told between levels. And at the time it was like pretty revolutionary. Although this stuff did exist on the PC side, on the console side, you just weren't seeing this in games. Um and it has like this really, you know, I, I never finished this game because it was super fucking hard. Uh, but it has like an actual like Kind of like ending with real dialogue and real consequence, and we're wow. seeing these characters we're seeing Ryu and and Irene like finally um reunite and it actually just does a lot to give you some propulsion through the the game that's not just platforming in combat. um so yeah, each of these is shown uh that they that again, it's just amazing how comprehensive this is because it it lists basically every single game that was released commercially. And then the ones that have a little bit more of an ending are given more real estate in terms of number of pages. Uh, The ones that are, uh, congratulations, Bomberman Becomes Runner. See you again in Load Runner. Uh, Just kind (laughs) of get a page or half a page. Uh, But it it, it is just like a really, really cool book. It's a really beautiful volume. And if you have any sort of nostalgia for this era, I definitely recommend it. So the book is called NES Endings Compendium, um, and I've really been enjoying uh, looking through it and uh re- reminding myself of all these extremely bad endings of very <laughs> very hard games
3: that's awesome yeah uh i do like a like an, an art book like that i have a, the one for uh tears of the kingdom and uh i it arrived after i beat the game so i was like i don't really need i don't need this i kind of right. saw a lot of the stuff but i it's 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 nice on a shelf all those books always look nice on a shelf or a coffee table Classic coffee table book. Yeah.
1: I wish there were more coffee tables in a house because I have a lot of books that would work great as a coffee table book, but I only have one coffee table, you know? Also, right. I'm thinking about it as I say it out loud. It's weird that it's called a coffee table when I have never, it's so low to the ground. Like I've never put my coffee on my coffee table. Like I've only got books there in a plant. Uh, let me tell
3: you something. If I pick up a cup with coffee in it, I'm not putting that thing down
2: until it's done. Okay. Call him Java Apodaca. Yeah, that's right. It's always swallowing hot brown. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Yuck.
2: <laughs> Here's one. This is this is the one I was looking Christ. for. Um the the ending of Paperboy is. <laughs> Uh, the ending is just a newspaper that says paperboy retires in glory. It sucks so bad. <laughs> this little
3: like 7-year-old's done working for the rest yeah, of his yeah. life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and the, then the the context that's in the 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 caption that accompanies it is uh disappointingly this event is communicated via an ending screen that's copied and pasted it's simply the opening screen image with a different headline. Oh my <laughs> it's the most god. Most half-assed ending. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh but yeah, I lo- I, I love this. NES SNES convention.
1: Hell yeah. Man, I have these old uh you know it would be a fun segment and i I'll pitch it to you guys right here live on the show. I have these Please. very old how to beat NES games books like super old paperbacks and it would be uh-huh. fun to read a section of of each of them like a, a, of a game like that tells you what to do and have you guys guess what the game could be
0: that's a it's killer also, segment.
1: R- that's it's really also good. written very clinically it's like head left down the hallway sometimes,
2: right so that's fun we should do yeah. that that's really really good
3: well
1: we'll do that some at some point i think that would be fun time but not today
2: not today Ah, uh, the kind of movie our segment title "The Game Was Better" was invented for. Uh, this this game, this movie, released on September 14th, 2005, in Japan, and then I believe came uh, to other territories in 2006. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete, which is the version we're talking about, was released in 2009 with an additional 26 minutes of footage, and it was directed by Tetsuya Nomura, who. The third most important person at Square Enix, maybe historically after Sakaguchi and Yuji Yuji Hori, you know, he's 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 definitely uh, Kingdom Hearts. I think is is what he's most known for, but a huge impact on the Final Fantasy franchise.
1: Yeah, because he he's the character designer for Final Fantasy VII. He does some monster designs for Final Fantasy VI, I believe. Ah, uh, and then because of Final Fantasy VII's success, he becomes for a for a short minute. Like one of the hottest commodities at Square Enix, you know he designs. Uh, he designs Final Fantasy VIII characters. He designs all of the Kingdom Hearts characters. Uh, he he directs Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. I think he designs Lightning. I'm almost positive that he's designing Final Fantasy XIII. Uh, I think he also designs ten. Um, but yeah, he becomes like. One of the the trilogy of voices that you can single out and be like, oh, this is a this is a Tetsu Nomura decision right here, um, and I think I talked to you guys about this on text, which is that to put yourself in the mindset of two thousand five, like Spirits Within comes out and almost destroys Square Enix as a company right. or SquareSoft as a company, Uh so. Final Fantasy X comes out. There's, a, there's a, a resurgence. But if you're going to to sort of like right the ship, you're going to start leaning a little bit more heavily on one of your most successful properties, and that's going to be Final Fantasy VII. And after the Kingdom Hearts secret ending, uh, which is like this fully CG battle, Tetsu Nomura comes up with this idea that they should make a movie that features a lot of action sequences and that they should maybe set it in the world of Final Fantasy VII because Final Fantasy VII is this, you know, is like the big harbinger of the company. Um, And they create a proof of concept for, I think, the Venice Film Festival. And I might be getting some of this wrong because I'm not a film journalist or a video game journalist uh, and haven't been (laughs) for a long time. Uh, But I'm I'm doing a lot of this from memory, and I think I remember a a significant portion of it. They do like a 23-minute demo version for, I think the Venice film festival, the fan yes. reaction is so uh, positive that they end up g- going forward with an entire film, which is going to be 60 minutes long. It ends up being a hundred minutes when they release it. Uh, and it is such a success that it pushes PlayStation threes. Like people are buying PlayStation three because of final fantasy seven advent children. And kingdom hearts is such a huge hit the same year, 2005 that, um, that are Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, that Tetsuo Nomura is, of, is sort of, given this internal carte blanche, like make what you want to make. And so he pitches Final Fantasy 13 Versus, which stars Noctis and Stella and the, like these original cast of characters. They release this incredible CG trailer somewhere around 2007 and it ties up such an enormous amount of resources for the next decade plus. Like, I don't know when Final Fantasy 13 versus eventually becomes rebranded as 15 and Tetsu Nomura is taken off the project. But all of this happens because of this avalanche of, uh, of Final Fantasy 7 content that kind of puts him up on a pedestal and then ends up costing Square Enix a huge amount of money and resources, which is why they start leaning into mobile games. Um, it's. It's a wild film to think about in context because it is certainly better than Spirits Within, but it is not a good movie. I will say that, yeah. Also, it is deeply influential in action movies, creates a sort of like visual language for action cinema that is still being referenced today. There was an interview done with uh, the director of the Marvels where she said... I I went into this movie leaning on advent children because I wanted to duplicate that feeling from those action sequences.
2: Paid off. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> Tetsuya Nomura and what you were talking about in terms of the Japanese video game industry specifically and how auteurs are treated there is. It, it, it's like, a, it's like happened a few times. Where a, a, a game designer, like a name game designer, has been given so much leeway and such massive budgets um, and have gone you know way over schedule and have ended up with this boondoggle uh, that, that in some cases like completely destroys a company. That has happened a, a number of times and is a thing you don't really see in the West in the same sort of way. And Nomura specifically... Has become this, I, I think, this pretty revered figure, and and understandably, especially by fans of of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, but it like in the in the PlayStation One era, like he was pretty polarizing. I think his character designs, because yeah. part of why people were hyped for Final Fantasy IX is because the t- characters were not designed by Tetsuya Nomura; they were designed by. Uh, in the style of Yoshitaka Amano, who was the the character designer for like the first six games, um and uh, it was actually done by uh, Toshiyuki Idahana and uh, Shuko Murase were the character designers. But they were like specifically Amano style designs, and it was this more fantasy, high fantasy treatment as opposed to sort of the the steampunky cyber or i'm sorry specifically cyberpunky slash science fiction direction that they'd gone in with uh, seven and eight and would return to in ten and beyond. And so, yeah, it, 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 he he does represent like a pivot point for the Final Fantasy franchise and for the fate of the company. And yeah, this movie is a huge part of it.
1: I, I yeah. was so hyped for this when it came out. I was so hyped. Like, th- I was like, this is the movie that I wish that Spirits Within had been because it's got music by Nobuo Umetsu. Yes. Like, it's it's. Got characters that I care about and a setting that is literally Final Fantasy, as opposed to like a a, a, and and you know you could wrestle with whether or not Spirits Within is a Final Fantasy type place. And there are certainly Final Fantasy type elements, but like when I think of Final Fantasy, I don't think of the world of Spirits Within. I think about the world of all of these different video games. Um, So I went into this so fucking hyped and like i i know i talked about the final fantasy spirits within watch as like one of these things that i wanted but was so fucking poor i could never ever hope to to purchase yeah. there is a cell phone featured prominently in this movie it's a flip phone that basically i think every character uses and i wanted that flip phone so fucking bad in 2005 like i was like this is the coolest most futuristic looking flip phone i've ever seen the panasonic what is it? 900 VI or something like that. IV. I don't know. Um, but uh, even now, sometimes I'll look on eBay and it's like a hundred bucks to get one. And I'm like, It'd be pretty cool to just have it on my desk. You know, just like as if cloud yeah. might call me at any time.
2: I keep thinking about going back to a flip phone and it yeah, might as well get the cloud phone from Advent Children, uh, which I think is called cloud black. Like that's the style, like that's the-, that's the colorway of the- of the black phone. Uh, it, it's a. It does look good. Like I, I do think this is a very, was a was a very cool looking movie at the time. Uh, we were certainly weren't seeing there, there there were CG animated movies, but we weren't seeing like CG animated movies that were like not explicitly for children really in the West. And I, I you know I, I, and I think because of like the the other thing you were saying, Heather, is like like so much backlash to to Final Fantasy, uh, the spirits within. And so much of their attempts to sort of mute the franchise to have it have some sort of mainstream success, which is a thing you were seeing with adaptations of that era of just like, oh, let's run away from what people like about it. Uh, You know, pre Marvel, uh, pre the the Raimi Spider-Man's before you know, I'm trying, trying to think. So the other adaptations that like really honored the source material, the Lord of the Rings movies are a big yeah. one. Like before, mm-hmm. before that era, when everyone was afraid of science fiction and fantasy and comic book properties and video game properties, and like, well, we can't just bring this to the big screen. We got to make it uh, fucking generic and dumb.
3: The, the 2000 X Men, right? 2000 X Men is a big, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, not that it's like that different, but like they're wearing like black leather. Like, yeah, that's like a big like people didn't like that
2: yes but yeah but that's like kind of like in that transition phase when they were going over towards like okay hey we we actually are going to try to give these a budget and try to make them be like the the actual ip so like finalizing spirits within yeah like like not having nobuo oematsu do the score they have elliot goldenthal do the score who is like just like a journeyman film composer and it's like you know, it ha- has some great credits as it worked on some great stuff, but it, it's not necessarily a great fit for the IP. And yeah, it just kind of feels like generic sci-fi. And they're going for a a specifically a realistic aesthetic, which is not what they're going for uh, with Advent Children visually. They're, they're trying to represent Final Fantasy VII.
1: And to talk a little bit about that visual quality another thing you have to imagine in five in 2005 is that this was the most gorgeous CG you had ever seen. Like it was like square was doing stuff with CG that I would show my friends while like America's doing toy story and shit. And I'd be like, look how real this looks and everyone would be like, holy fuck. And that was one of the things that happened with spirits within. And then with this, they took anime designs that you were used to seeing only in anime or in cutscenes in video games and giving them a little bit more like visual texture like i watching this movie i'm i'm fixated on the physics of cloud's hair because like you never see like spiky hair like this done with i think earth physics so it it like when he's <laughs> riding in a motorcycle his hair is kind of pushed flat on his head, but as soon yeah. as he gets off the motorcycle or when like gravity, like if he, he if he torques the, the motorcycle and spins out, then his hair springs back into those spikes. And I'm like, what would that be like on a person to have right. hair that like essentially responds kind of like steel wool almost like you can flatten it, but it will come back. It's really I don't know your hair your
3: head would have to be the shape of your hair sort of like bart simpson and lisa simpson yeah it's cartoon logic yeah it's like the underneath the hair the skull
2: is that shape right like when they x-ray bart and he's got a spiky skull it's a funny joke (laughs) i I think it's i think actually the character models look pretty great still they look fucking
1: amazing
2: like, but for for eighteen, nineteen years later, like you yeah. know that the I I think they're I think that part actually holds up remarkably well. Yeah, I think in terms of visually, what's maybe aged worse is the environments. Yes, which, and I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if it's just like they they were they were low res textures they were using or something. But I feel like if you see like a rock face or something, it just like, it looks pretty video gamey. It looks pretty artificial. If anything, that's what takes me out of it more than, than, than the way the characters are moving. And then especially if you're seeing things in wide, or if you're seeing things in aerial shots, which they're using a lot. It's like, it, it doesn't have a sense of scale. Like it, it feels like you're looking at a model. Like you're looking at something in miniature, as opposed to looking at this epic Vista.
1: It's it's the part of the movie that I'm like wow the PlayStation 5 looks better. Like the environments on a PS5 100%. game look better than Advent Children. Yes. I I do think that there is specifically on clothing there's still a higher fidelity to the way their clothes move in Advent Children like I know that like the cape physics in Fortnite are the same as the cape physics in Advent children, but I would say that the general like, I, I, I don't think that shirts are independently rendered on most video game models to their core frame. And the clothes are so important in this movie that when like cloud is moving in his shirt, his shirt is not attached to the physics of his body, but have their own independent physics. And that is also impressive still.
2: Yeah, that looks great. I mean, certainly it depends on on the game um, in terms of if the, the wardrobe is attached to the model or not. But like, yeah, I, I agree that the clothing still looks better than anything you'd see in a game. Uh, I don't, I think I, I, with a lot of the stuff that that feels and looks a little dusty, it's just kind of, I wonder of like, of this era, was this like exported at 720p or something or like 1080p? Like, is that like just like the final version of this? I have no idea. Or is there a 4K restoration of this? There's
3: a, you can get it on 4K disc.
1: There are two, uh, there are two different, uh, I just put put up the (laughs) number two and I had balloons uh, surround me uh, here on my Apple on my apple zoom um so there are there are two different rendering resolutions present in advent children complete and for the new scenes they are of a higher resolution than the old scenes and of the old scenes some of those were also exported at a lower resolution so there are some scenes that have the jagged edges uh, on like a 4k monitor That they have jagged edges as if they are literally from an old video game. And then some scenes that don't have those jagged edges that are are more recently added to the film in progress. Because I've also heard rumor that the version that's coming out in theaters this month uh, is going to have additional scenes to the one we've just watched. which is now more than two hours long it's two it's more than two hours long
3: (laughs) when it ended i did say out loud that's it no more
2: (laughs) it's funny because you say that heather uh, and that that's like i i didn't know i didn't know any of that in terms of the different scenes were rendered to different resolutions and watching it you maybe feel it, but you maybe just think it's your connection if you're watching it on streaming, you know, yeah, and so it must be a really strange experience to watch this on Blu-ray and be like, "Oh wait, no, this is just sort of you know now 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 these these models are aliasing because this was like whatever it exported at a, at a different bit rate
1: i so I purchased this movie on apple, I like move Apple movies, right. Started it off and it was dubbed and I was like, what the fuck? I'm so fucking tired of buying a fucking movie through Apple and it only has one language track when you know that it's a dubbed film and there is no other version of it. So I asked for a refund and then bought it on Amazon Prime where you could watch it uh, subtitled. Finished the movie, went out to my garage and discovered that I own it on (laughs) (laughs) Blu-ray.
4: (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, when the <laughs>
1: fuck did I buy this? Advent <laughs> Children Complete? When? Why did I buy this? I have no yeah. memory of purchasing this. Um, I, which also... I had thought about... Go ahead, Matt. Uh,
3: no, I, I had thought about buying the 4K disc recently, and then we decided to do this, and it was like, oh, it's not going to come in time to watch it. I'll just rent it. And uh, I guess I'm just glad... I'm I'm glad I rented it. <laughs> I'm glad I rented it. Yeah, I mean,
2: do we need to bury the lead here? This movie sucks,
3: right? It's not it's like no, a bad movie. Wait,
1: what? No, it doesn't suck. It's weird. It's definitely weird. It's Definitely weird. It's
3: definitely weird and I also think and it's bad. bad. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> and it sucks it bad, it's weird. It's you know what though. It's it, I wonder if it sucks because it's working against how good Final Fantasy VII is, right? Like that's a really good story. And like, as far as like it being like comprehensible, like I feel like it's, it's a clearer story, even though it's like JRPG, like craziness. Uh, But this was just like, you know, it's, it, it opens with the coda from
2: the end of the game, which shows you 500 years in the future. Yeah. Uh best part of the movie. That cold open is great cuz you're just yes. seeing the ending of Final Fantasy 7 but like you know rendered in this uh w- with a much bigger budget. So it starts by telling you retelling you that everything after the events of
3: Final Fantasy 7 ultimately works out and everything's going to be fine. And then it tells you this weird story that takes place 2 years afterward. And I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, well, there aren't really any stakes here because I know it's all fine. (laughs) Like, I know already it's okay.
1: Well, counterpoint. I I, I don't mind Counter argument. It it starts 500 years in the future and then go... And and as the game ends, we don't know why human beings seem to be dead in the, the far future. And then it cuts back to two years after the game. And you could feel like oh this is going to tell me the story of why the planet is empty and red 13 and his brethren inherit the earth but instead it does not tell you that story. no no i think part of what makes the movie bad is the translation i think that yeah. there is a hokiness to the tra- that to the english script that isn't to my ability to translate it from Japanese that isn't present in the uh in the Japanese original for example uh a, a perfect for me a perfect uh like an like a emblematic part of of the film that that describes this change for me is that when Sid throws cloud into the sky to attack in the Japanese version he just goes like he just like you know he he just makes a vocal grunt in the English script he says giddy up and that is such a different like that's hugely different yeah like the the thing that is I think most mimetic about this film is dilly dally shilly shally which is yeah, like a right. thing a, a thing that these characters keep repeating and that is the best, uh, I guess, the best attempt at translating just sort of like this, which is just like a sound made by the characters. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a bunch of moments like that. Like, Kate Sith saying, like, you're the chips and gravy. Sucks. Sucks.
3: Awful. And it's not what really he's bad. saying. Yuffie says at the end something like, Party on, we rock or something. I was like, "What the heck? What the heck's going on here?" And also, the second time I heard "Dilly Dally, Shilly Shally," I thought I was having a stroke <laughs> because I couldn't believe I heard it the first time. So I heard it a
2: second time and was like, "We gotta, we gotta stop. This is, this is, this is tough." Um, but, I agree with you, Heather. I don't think it's a good localization. Uh, sorry, please finish your point.
1: But I was gonna say there are. I, I, it's clear that there's a lot of, like. In 2005, to hear the line, you know, this is, I think, mother's memetic legacy. It's so funny yeah. to me how much memetic mimetic blank has become like ingrained in our pop culture consciousness that right. in 2005, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And now I'm like, oh yeah, memetic legacy. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, a, it's, I get it. It's memes. Okay, cool.
2: Mother's memetic legacy? <laughs> that's right snake
1: <laughs>
2: it's a it's it's a yes okay i agree with you it's a bad localization the dialogue is very hokey and corny though i will say having played final fantasy games since the 8-bit era and having played the Uh, a a lot of not well-translated JRPGs. To me, the corniness, the hokiness is kind of baked in. I kind of expect that with the dialogue. So it's not a, a, there are parts that are eye-rolly and kind of cringy, but, you know, Barrett saying alley-oop at an inappropriate time does not like completely throw me out of it. I don't think the script problems are with the dialogue. I think it's structural where this movie, even as someone who understands Final Fantasy VII, who has played the game, uh, and and knows the world and knows the characters well is still pretty inscrutable and still pretty hard to understand just what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like you're watching an MCU movie where you didn't do the homework, you know? And you're yeah. just like, Who's, yeah. who is that? Are they the, Are wait, what's going on? You know? And 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 like, yeah, I, oh, sorry, I didn't budget 16 hours to watch Moon Knight and WandaVision, <laughs> so I'm kind of <laughs> lost when I'm watching the second Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. You know, but I mean, like, it's like, that that's what it feels like even as someone who knows this and is rooting for it and wants it to succeed can't imagine watching this watching this cold. watching this cold would well, be so insane well cuz there's an end game moment where yeah, and heather was talking about sid sid shows up yuffie shows up vincent valentine shows up barrett, kate sith yeah. barrett uh red 13 who we've seen in the open they all show up to like help out and it's like like and and there's a question of uh there's a character who asked tifa like who are they just and it's like okay, well you're you're the audience surrogate. You're asking for context for who this these half dozen people who just showed up in the middle of the action sequence are are and Tifa just goes like they're the team. And I'm just like wait, okay, you clarified nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what she might as well have been like, who
3: cares, you idiot.
4: <laughs> I have.
1: Stop I just remembered. Questions. I just remembered that I have the Final Fantasy VII novel that just recently came out, and I'm, oh, I'm trying. Wow. to- I'm, yeah, two yeah of two voices or two ta- yeah. paths or some shit. Like I have that somewhere on my shelf, and I I probably won't read it. But if I if I need to spend like a couple hours at a coffee shop and I'm in between books, maybe I'll bring it with because maybe it'll illuminate what the remnants are and 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 what their relationship to Sephiroth is that isn't yes. quite illuminated in this uh, in in this movie. Yeah, I mean th- I, oh, the thing is. I I do want to say one thing that is illuminated in this movie that I love, which is Tifa says, remember two years ago when we all fought Sephiroth together and we were so strong and I'm like, Oh cool. That's like an internal, an internal rationalization of leveling up. And then she's like, we're not that strong anymore. So we couldn't do it, which to me means if you're not actively involved in battling, in the world of Final Fantasy VII, you begin to d-level, which yeah. could explain how I assume the next Final Fantasy VII remake game is going to work. Because you can't just in- you can't just take every power from the previous game and drop it into the new one because the power creep would be too absurd. They're going to have yeah. to start you at a, at, at a smaller level with, with a smaller like magic base, et cetera, in order to make the sense of progression greater. And now I can like headcanon that as, oh, they took a small break and de-leveled.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to figure out how to reset the skill tree somehow. Star Wars, um, <clears throat> Star Wars Jedi Survivor would
3: argue that you can do that, actually, that you can start pretty much with all the powers you had from the previous game. And then actually you're going to get some new ones. Didn't Spider-Man 2 kind of do that? I didn't play it. Yeah. It it does a similar thing too. Yeah. And it seems like uh, from the little bit of Psychonauts 2 that I played that you kind of start with basically everything you had at the end of Psychonauts as well.
2: Yeah. But but I think they've got, like games are, I think they're figuring out with sequels that that people don't want to redo the TDM of the previous game in terms of acquiring everything. So they're figuring out how to shortcut the little bit. But yeah, no one solved it. And I I don't know how they're going to do it in Rebirth. i I, there's there's my there's a bit of imdb trivia which i copy pasted here just because i i think it's very funny to read uh in the context of watching this film the creators of this film had no prior knowledge of how to make a movie
3: (laughs) (laughs) okay so actually you know what they did a really good job that's like they basically did it
1: Yeah. This yeah. is like uh, this is in theory watching somebody's infinite budget student film. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also is part of why so you you say it's bad. I find that it's too weird to be bad. Like it is
2: Sure. It That's is fair. so
1: strange and the action sequences are so incredible. Like the 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 moves that, that the team is doing with the camera in this film. I think, our new moves with action sequences in 2005. Looks and awesome.
2: I th- and yes. I think
1: that a lot of the, like, like it, it's, it's, it's sort of the next beat after The Matrix in terms of like, okay, if you can untether the camera from reality and move it anywhere you want during an action sequence and you never have to cut... Like you'll zoom all the way into like Cloud's foot on his motorcycle before you pull all the way out to reveal the wide shot of him jumping off the motorcycle. And then you'll zoom all the way back into him in the air on his face and then whip the camera around to see who it is he's attacking. And I don't think that shit was being done in 2005, whereas now it's everywhere. Like that's Literally what we see in Spider-Man and all all of these movies. But in 2005, people were still like, "Okay, you cut from this guy to that guy and you cut from that guy Mm -hmm. to his gun. And none of those cuts are present in this film, which is part of what makes it weird and and compelling.
2: No, I I love that the. Look, I I love how a lot of the action sequences work, like the motorcycle sword fight you're just talking about. That looks awesome. Uh, Cloud delivering the Omnislash looks really cool. It's and and what you were just talking about, which is how the camera never stops moving. Like, that's part of what's compelling visually about this and something that's been imitated uh, in live action. And you contrast that with like, yeah, a lot of modern action movies are pre visualized to hell and they have the same sort of frenetic feel to them, uh, but they also just like kind of seem goopy and inert. No, this one has like, it it, it has actual visual flair to it. So from that standpoint, yes, it uh, that all works. And the second half of that IMB tri- B trivia thing is, uh, uh, because they had no prior knowledge, it was based on their knowledge of in-game movies. And that's what kind of watching this kind of feels like. It's like, These are really, really high budget video game cinematics. But what you're missing is the chunks of gameplay that kind of, you know, let you let that all sort of breathe and also kind of uh, help center what you're actually doing and and what the goal of this uh, this uh, this exercise is like who's good, who's bad, what the stakes are like a lot of that is all communicated via gameplay segments that are just absent here. And as such, it feels like, you know, d- here's a two hour YouTube video of all the cinematics from an unreleased Final Fantasy game. Um, and, and and I think part of that is that, that it never like lets you breathe. It's just kind of this unrelenting barrage of action.
1: Can Have I- you guys can- seen Kingsglaive? No. Never watched it. No, No, Heather. No. Have I seen King's Glaive? I had
3: never even seen this. You think I'm gonna pop on a fucking Final Fantasy movie for a Final Fantasy game I haven't played? The hell's the matter with you? Oh man. I've never been mad at you before. I'm furious.
1: Well, <laughs> King's is I believe a more comprehensible version of Advent Children cuz it it's a prequel so it doesn't come with any prior knowledge. Like you enter the film and you are told everything and then the action sequences are so fucking like they're so ice cold. They are so good because everybody in this world has Noctis's ability to throw a weapon and then teleport to where the weapon is. Ooh, cool! So the sequences are really, really fantastic. God damn it, Matt! That was so fucking funny. Uh,
3: <laughs> I've seen King's glaive has twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Will they ever do this correctly? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I lost my. I lost my, what the point I was trying to make. Because you made me laugh so hard. <laughs>
3: it looks like it looks great
1: it looks amazing it's also funny because like (laughs) it's the second time that they have basically just used ben affleck's face without hiring him because they use ben affleck's face in ad or in uh spirits within it's like oh that guy looks like ben affleck and then like nix i think his name is Nix looks so much like Ben Affleck and he's voiced in uh, America by Aaron Paul. So like that also fucks with your brain because uh, you're like, it sounds like Aaron Paul, but looks like Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, Give me the
2: materia, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say about this is first off, it's intre- like, I love that it exists even though I'm not a fan of the movie, I do love that it exists. It's just, yes, to you, to what you were saying, Heather, whether you like it or, or dislike it, it is inarguably weird and <laughs> unique. And from an era when the leeway was given to just make this crazy thing, it also is from an era where I feel like they were giving video game creators a little bit more control over their filmic adap- adaptations, which was an interesting kind of like, Overcorrection to things like the Super Mario Brothers movie, right? I, I don't mm-hmm. know. if This is exactly what happened. But if it's something like that, it's like this is completely out of Nintendo's hands. Uh, we just have the rights to this thing, and we're going to give this to two like uh, a, a a team, a director team that is going to make something completely bizarre and completely removed from the source material. And you know, then they start to be more like, and, and not that that Spirits Within is super close to Final Fantasy. But it is a thing where like Hironobu Sakaguchi is directing that movie. Uh, Tatsuya Nomura is directing this movie. Uh, there's the Wing Commander movie, which sucks, but is written and directed by Chris Roberts, who created the Wing Commander video game franchise. There was this sort of brief period where they were kind of like, you know what? Maybe the best person to reinterpret this in a different medium is the person who made this game. But, you know, it turns out that making a movie and making a game are very different things. And honestly, I do think that kind of comes across in Uematsu's score. Nobuo Uematsu, greatest video game composer of all time. I mean, probably I would probably say so. I'm a huge fan of his. I don't think this is a great score for this movie. Well, I, 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 mm-hmm. yeah.
1: The so here's a little a little trivia about the score, which is Please. that it isn't. It's not for the movie. So Final Fantasy VII Piano Collections predates Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. And the piano collections are piano interpretations of the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. The fight sequence between Tifa and Punching Guy in Aretha's Church uses, just directly drops in a track from that album. Uh, which is the piano version of the Final Fantasy VII battle theme. And it just trails off in the movie because there's not enough time to use the entire piano piece. And though the score is composed by Nobuo Ometsu, a lot of these are repurposed songs from other places, like, uh, like the Final Fantasy VII orchestral album or... I think one of them might be for the from the Black Mages, which is uh, uh, Nobuo Matsu's rock band. Um, so it's not a score for the movie. It is Final Fantasy VII music, often from other places, dropped into these sequences, and I, that's why I think it doesn't work. Because yeah, isn't, I think that makes that yeah. makes a
2: lot of sense. They're they're basically just using is just repurposing his existing mu- music because you can pick out tracks like you know you can be like oh that's Genova. Uh, You know, that's one winged angel, you know, like the, those those kind of hit. But yeah, if he wasn't composing any music specifically timed to the uh, action on screen, I mean, that's what it feels like. It feels yeah. like it's just sort of these are just sort of background tracks. Like like the that, whole thing is uses temp scoring.
1: Yeah, the that's I that's disappointing. say that the Sephiroth's Pete one winged angel can go anywhere. Of like, course. Yeah, I've said that before on the show. As soon as those notes hit. And it it sounds like, is it Mars? Is that the the yes. one that it borrows from? Um, it, stop uh, yeah, it. You're you're like, uh oh, oh no, it's this guy. And the iconography of Sephiroth is so strong that it worked like for, for like his his arrival in uh in Smash Brothers is echoes of Final Fantasy VII. Advent children, which is echoes of the game, like in terms of like the, the visual positioning of him on screen, like him impaling somebody on his long sword, like all of those things, they look fantastic. And it's also, um, like he's more iconic than cloud. I think that like Sephiroth as a character, you could like imitate more than you can imitate cloud. Like, I don't know, like what's a thing cloud would say. But I do know that, like things that Sephiroth might say, like you know, tell me your 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 greatest thing and let me take it from you. I want to bathe you in despair. Like you'd be like, oh, that sounds like yeah, like that. All that shit sounds like Sephiroth, but I don't know what Cloud sounds like.
2: No, that's Um, fair. He's kind of a he's kind of he's kind of a pretty plain protagonist. Although his his character design is obviously so striking and so iconic. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's that's fair. He's plain because. You play as yeah, because he's a player character. Yeah, that tends that's that's often the case. Yeah, if uh, if Trump made one winged angel his campaign theme, uh, he'd like win forty (laughs) six states. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Can you imagine him walking on stage with that? (laughs) Everyone's like, yeah.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't vote for him, but I would go to a rally. I'd want to see it.
3: <laughs> There's see a bunch of people like cheering and the- one person dancing. <laughs>
1: like, remember when he came out, like, as a villain at the Republican National Convention when he got the nomination in 2016? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and he was like, no, that's fucking like, I should be bathed from light in the back and covered in smoke and appear as a shadow. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> like he's the undertaker. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Um. I, I also want to say it is, I think it, it sort of speaks to the misplaced priorities of this team in general that one of the things they do for Advent Children Complete is add dirt to faces. Like it's one of their like major focuses is like oh as as they fight their faces should get dirty so if you watch the DVD version their faces are all clean throughout and they kind of look like action figures and in this version it's like yeah he should have like a cut on his face after this fight the other thing is uh, and this is separate as a separate thought I'm just kind of like looking at my notes Um, the sound of swords in this game is or in this movie is very weird it's not the sound of swords that we've become accustomed to the big heavy steel clang of swords these swords hit each other and sound like very high pitched ringing bells like they're right. so high pitched when they strike one another that it it almost sounds like like somebody hitting pieces of like aluminum like sliding aluminum against itself like they're not They're not they don't sound heavy, even Cloud Sword, which is the size of a parked car, doesn't hit with like a big, you know, resonant bass hit. It's like ting, ting, ting. It's very weird. Um, And the last thing I want to add for my notes is that I just wrote. Cloud is baptizing children exclamation <laughs> point
3: Because yeah, which the, happens at the, the
1: end of the plot of this movie?
3: Yes, right. Because like the central plot of the movie, well, there's a couple things going on, but one of the main things is there's like a disease that's taking over uh, the world, that's f- fallout from the end of the game, basically, where now there's this disease that you can just get. and the disease stigma geostigma. yeah geostigma. Is it's not an internal disease, it is external and you have
2: like a gooey thing on you. Yeah. Kind of smudges you up. <laughs> but it's but it's like the planet fighting back against the scourge of humanity. Yes. Pretty much. Yes. I mean pretty just directly, it's that. Uh
3: it's
1: it's the COVID nineteen of the of Midgar. Yeah.
3: The planet basically being like leave. It. Honestly, if I got geostigma, I'd be like, you know what? Good. <laughs> I'm not
2: trying to yeah, fix this. My lifetime carbon footprint probably I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I will just say that for that's a great point about the sound design because yes, it does feel just a little tinny and weird. And I weird. guess the the I guess the PlayStation games also the ps1 games certainly did not have great sound effects like that's not the high point from an audio standpoint of the of of those games those were all kind of like it it felt like from an earlier generation so i I don't know maybe it's byproduct of that who knows
1: but the sound of like cloud hitting something with his weapon in the original game is like like it's still like a like a a sound that you associate with a strike sure the sounds in this movie for weapon strikes are just confounding. Like, it is such a strange quality. It's, I I don't love this movie, but I certainly like it. And it's, it, I don't think I would like it if it was more typically um, familiar as a film it, in like the structure of it or like any of the choices made I think I would like it less if it were better, because I think there's like a, you know, like a bell curve of like where this movie falls is really far to the left, so much so that it is interesting. Whereas like if it was like the first Resident Evil movie was okay, uh, but I like it less than this because it is a little bit more like a movie. Does that make sense? It makes total sense.
2: Yeah. The Paul yeah. W. O. Sanderson Resident Evil is a lot more coherent as a narrative film. Um yeah. but this but it's not interesting the same way this is. Yeah, I don't like this movie, but I do think there's a place for this movie like being on mute in the background and just occasionally mm. like looking at like, oh, look at that thing. You know, like it it does have some stuff that like looks cool. And and again, I'm glad that it exists. But it definitely this watch gave me appreciation for when you see like a really well-structured action movie like Top Gun Maverick, and they've got effectively a PowerPoint presentation where they're like, here is the mission. We are the good guys. These are the bad guys. These are the parameters that define success and failure. If we do these things in sequence, we win the movie. So that when you're watching that in the third act, you understand exactly what's going on. And this movie could not be more the complete opposite of that.
1: (laughs) Where characters are like... They begin by calling a character that, you know, their brother, and then yes. they're asking if he knows where their mother is and you've never <laughs> met these guys. Yeah. And at some point in the film, other characters are like, what are you talking about when you say mother? Like yeah. what somebody actually like straight up asks them, what are you talking about? Which is what the audience has felt as soon as they're introduced. Uh Yeah. And then they're it's like oh it's it's Genova. Uh it's that's who uh, that's our mom. And then they show you Genova. They show you a flashback of the games like pres like Genova as we know Genova, like a big thing in a tank with a metal face. And when then later they find Genova, it is not that. It is in a box that's like a cigar box. And we never see inside that box. Like, it's, they don't even have like a consistent, like, this is the thing. We're looking for that thing. We no. found the thing. Uh oh. Instead, it's like, we're looking for the thing. Turns out the thing has been being held by a guy next to us this entire time. It is much smaller now and it's in a box. And, This guy who has seen these characters jump off buildings and fly through doorways and shit thinks that the best way to destroy the thing that the bad guys are looking for is by tossing it off the side of a building, which by the way, the craziest thing that Cloud does in this film, like in terms of movement is implied in that sequence because he, is it Bahamut that he's fighting? Is it like Shin Bahamut or some shit? Right, he's fighting yeah, the summon, some, yeah,
2: big summon,
1: he fights the summon, wins that battle simultaneously, Rufus across town across town, throws Genova's remnant off the side of a building, and then is hit off the side of the building by the bad guy who that vi- or or jumps, I don't remember, and then Kadaj the bad guy, jumps off with him, so. We have established Cloud is on top of a skyscraper scaffolding across town. Then you cut to him on his motorcycle. Then you cut to him racing across town. So Cloud gets down from a, from a, from a skyscraper onto his motorcycle, starts the motorcycle, and drives across town before either of those characters can hit the ground. So he is moving faster than the speed of gravity in this moment. And it is the, it is theoretically the craziest thing he does in the entire film.
2: yeah, it's it's full of just complete physical nonsense. <laughs> um, but that's to me not even a, the problem with the movie.
3: No. Uh, but also, like, I mean, we talked about the action sequence, like the sequence is the the like the big final action sequence where he's fighting that big summon. It looks cool. It looks cool. It, it's so long. It's so long. <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> I could not believe it was still going on. Like, it was, it I, It felt, it felt too long. And also, like, I don't know, the, the Spirits Within also had this problem where like, and I know that like, there's not a lot of color in the world of Final Fantasy VII. This movie's very gray. And I was sort of like, I don't, yeah. there's not a lot for me to look at here. Like in terms of like, clouds the characters stand out because everything else is kind of you know dystopian and and whatnot
2: but i was sort of like kind of bored looking at it i I think that's part of why the environments don't look as great because they just look like you're just looking at at mounds of earth or you're just looking at piles of rubble it's all very gray and brown um it's all very you know pc corridor shooter uh of the late 90s early 2000s that sort of palette and like yeah it's it, I, I, yeah they're, they're probably I, I, these aren't these aren't these games aren't boring to look at so and, and the environments aren't all right. boring so yeah they probably could have done some more to to jazz that up a little bit but i don't know on balance a, a fascinating thing to revisit on the eve of the release of the next entry in the final fantasy 7 franchise yeah i yeah, think it's I, good
1: i think it's good because watching it again lowered my expectations for the game <laughs> like like i I had there's now room for me to be impressed, whereas before yeah, yeah. I was coming into part two pretty high, like at a high level of expectation, and now I'm like, oh right, it's these these guys made this also, so there's a possibility. Yeah. I'll be frustrated.
3: Final Fantasy Seven could also be this <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It could be really great, but it could also be advent children and isn't and isn't that something,
2: Rochelle, where are you on Final Fantasy? Are you, are you a fan of the franchise?
0: I've never played Final Fantasy before.
2: Wow, have you seen any of the Final Fantasy movies? No. Oh, so you're just, it's just completely foreign to you.
0: Completely foreign. The only thing I know about Final Fantasy is through my boyfriend playing Kingdom Hearts That's, all the right, time. Right,
2: right. <laughs> So you like, but you know characters like Cloud and Sephiroth at least. Yeah. Or, okay, got yeah. it. That's is that, that pretty much where your knowledge ends. That's
0: where it ends. I I, <laughs> I know what they look like. Yeah. I have a general idea of who's who, but that's about it.
2: We should have made you watch this movie. <laughs> Clockwork Orange style. It was so
3: It's not even that bad. Like yeah. if you were forced to watch it, you'd sort of be like, "This sucks," but it's fine. Like I I. It's not like it's like the worst movie I've ever no. seen. Uh, it is. It is better than it. See, it sounds insane to say this too. Like it's better than *Spirits Within*, but that's such a low bar to clear.
1: I think it could be better than *Spirits Within* with a single moment that Vincent does. Uh so Vincent is a vampire from *Final Fantasy VII*, and he's very, very melodramatic. He's not like vampire-ish in this in this movie, but he's he's vampire adjacent mm-hmm. and cloud asks him if he has a cell phone and he goes like he like gestures with his cape like he flips his cape up to show that he doesn't have a cell phone <laughs>
3: yeah you see one on my fucking belt bitch
4: no that
1: rocks it's, yeah, it's fucking, like that's how a vampire would be like i don't carry a fucking cell phone and yeah. then the next time you see that character he is entering the city striding through chaos and he says, he says in his whispery voice, "Where can I buy a cell phone?"
3: <laughs> it's, it's that did great. make me laugh. <laughs> it is really funny. And you know the moments that work really do work. Like it's not like it wouldn't work if you were watching it cold. But we talked about when the team shows up. Yeah, I was excited to see all my friends. That was very exciting to me. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they weren't in, they weren't in it enough. I w- but there's like so many characters. I can see why you couldn't put all of them, especially. Since the original run wasn't was not two hours,
1: yeah, no, uh, but it's, you know it's not; it's a hundred minutes. <laughs> I uh, also oh, I it. missed the uh, post credit sequence, which apparently there is, and I uh, you, I didn't see yeah. it. Uh, I didn't
2: I, watch it, and I don't think I'll be going back to see it. Actually, I did watch the post credit sequence. I, I don't think it's essential, but what it is is there's a shot of flowers overlooking Midgar. And the dialogue is it's from characters off camera. They go, "Is that somebody's grave?" And the response is, "No, that's where a hero began his journey." And now that's supposed to be coming from Red Thirteen and his kids, or what, uh, or the descendants of Red Thirteen. But yeah, that's 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 what the dialogue is.
3: Wow, I mean, that sounds good. It's kind of cool. I like that. I don't mind the line. It is kind of a bummer. You don't you don't usually see like a game, like. The future of the game, like like five hundred years ahead, it kind of sucks to know that like Cloud dies at some point. Well, yeah, he's mortal. Yeah, it kind of like, you don't really think about it. Like I don't, I don't know. It just kind of, kind of sucks.
2: Yeah,
1: some, I do. Some, I do
2: like the flash forward in the ending.
1: Something you just said, Matt, made me realize something about this movie because you were like, "Oh, that sounds cool," and neither of us have seen that thing. And I'm like, I agree, it sounds cool. And the truth is. I think this movie really functions if you tell somebody else about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. So you're like,
1: oh, these guys, they are, they're racing down a highway and they're all on motorcycles and they keep leaping from motorcycle to motorcycle to attack each other. Some of them use guns and some of them use swords. And at one point, one of the sword guys cuts a motorcycle in half. Like that sound like I can imagine somebody pitching that scene and and everybody yes. being like, "Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great, or it's like um the 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 woman who has been who has been swallowed by the earth, she comes back in in the climax of a of a, a very important battle and she re she reemerges as rain, oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, and then and then bathes this virus off of our protagonist and purifies him, and you'd be like, Fuck." Yes, but while you're watching that, you're like, "Wait, what is happening?" <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> right. That character is named Rude. Got it. You <laughs> <laughs> know it's in the game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Rude gets upset. Rude gets upset because the bad guy steps on his his favorite sunglasses, and after a moment of looking sad, he takes out another pair of sunglasses and puts them on. Is great, but in the moment, kind of a funny gag. It's, it's not played very well comedically. No. Like, it's kind of, you cut kind away of in weird ways, <laughs> like, kind of lose <laughs> track of the joke.
2: <laughs> All right. This episode releases on the US holiday, President's Day.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: My favorite holiday. Yeah, we celebrate our favorite war criminals and sex pests. <laughs> My favorite <and> slave <laughs> oldest <laughs> men on earth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as such, because it's President's Day, I've got a topical quiz. I will name a video game president and you name the video game franchise for one point. And bonus point, if you can name the correct entry in that franchise, if there's w- more than one game in a series. So I'll name the president you match it to the franchise. Make sense? Oh, yeah, that right. And then feel free to ask for hints this. as we go because some of these are hard. Okay, first up. This one should be, should be something of an alley-oop, as Barrett would say. Uh, President Bridget Strand. Uh, Matt. Matt. That's from Death Stranding, of course. Matt, you are correct, and there's no bonus point because there's just one game as of yet. Uh, Matt gets that one. Uh, next up. There's another game we've covered. President George Sears.
1: <laughs> so far these names have sounded like that ken griffey baseball roster yeah. like
2: sleeve mcdaniel sorry. todd bonitez <laughs> gosh What's president they? george sears president george, george sears. You, sears you know this one
1: this is a big sure. franchise
2: we've covered two games of the franchise what
1: We've covered two games in uh, the we've franchise.
2: two games in the franchise.
1: George Sears. Yeah. Uh, like Sears. He hasn't. Roebuck.
2: It is spelled exactly like Sears Roebuck. Uh, he has an alias. Oh, is it, um, is it Metal Gear? Matt, it is Metal Gear. You okay. get a point. Do you want to guess which Metal Gear franchise George Sears is it was, most known for?
3: Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty.
2: That's right. Yes. He is, AKA Solid as Snake. Yes. Uh, you fight the president as the final boss of Metal Gear Solid 2.
1: <laughs> you fucking know Kojima's masterpiece. masterpiece.
2: You fight like, and kill him. You games, kill him. Video games rock. <laughs> All right, next one. This is, this is not a franchise we've covered on the show. This is a major video game franchise. I think you've played this game, Heather. Matt, I'm not sure if you've played this game, um, but I'm not sure if you've played this game, Heather. I, 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 so so that, may, that may not be helpful guidance. Uh, the president's name is President John Henry Eden. Oh, uh, Heather, Heather,
1: is it like time crisis?
2: No, it's not time crisis. Hmm. It's a bigger franchise than that. And it is a it is a Western developer. Um,
3: I'm going to take a wild
2: swing. Yeah.
3: Is it Splinter Cell? It's not Splinter Cell. Okay, I was thinking of Eden because of the Eden Corporation from the um from Captain Laserhawk. No,
2: I get I get your logic and it is sound, but no, this is the president. This is the AI president. The reveal in Fallout Three. Fallout Three is the game. All right, next up, President G.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, uh, 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 Heather. Yes. House of the Dead.
2: It's not House of the Dead.
1: God damn it! I is G it... is a character in that in that game, though.
2: Yeah. No. This is a. This is a. I'll, and to be clear, Fuck. this is the world president. The world the president, president of the world. The president of the world uh, goes by the letter G. <laughs> this is a huge. This is a huge franchise. One of the biggest franchises. A Japanese video. It is a Japanese video game franchise. Heather. Fuck. Feel oh. free to ask. Feel free to ask if you have, if yeah, you want to direct any hints.
3: Yeah. Can we get a? Uh, but I see. I'd, you want, like, a specific hint?
2: Like- well, yeah, if you want to ask, like, what kind of game it is or something oh, okay. or who the developer is or whatever. We can, I can try to steer well, you a little bit. What kind of what kind of game is so, it? There's a fighting game franchise. Oh, is it? Is it Street Fighter? Is it, there a president in Street it is, Fighter? It is Street Fighter. <laughs> Either of you want to guess the franchise entry for a bonus point?
1: Uh, I'd like to guess the franchise entry. Yeah. Six.
2: It's not six. Oh well. <laughs> is it four? It's five. Wow. President G is a presence in final and Street Fighter V, which I think is the two of you have played the least, which is probably explains why it yeah. maybe exited your brain. All right. Next one. We have covered multiple games. Oh, we well, we all like Street Fighter Six. Yeah, it was great. No, yeah, but, but I think yeah, five great. is yeah, the one that's with is... the dark horse. Yeah. Uh and but it did include President G, uh, who looks like Link well, a buff Lincoln and is six foot seven. <laughs> Okay, maybe Street
3: Fighter V is good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, this one, we have covered this franchise extensively. This is a huge video game franchise. And the president in this is the president of the United Federation. The unnamed president of the United Federation. We've covered this franchise. We've covered... I believe three games that include this character, at least two.
1: I don't fucking know these, these, I don't know these.
2: I'm shocked. You don't know the name of uh, the, uh, who the president of the United Federation is for <laughs> me, just saying it. I think you'd get it instantly. United I, Federation.
1: Like part of me wants to guess Gundam because it's, but it, we haven't covered any Gundam stuff.
2: This is a Japanese, uh, this is a Japanese franchise um Japanese developed franchise for the most part. Um this is a a huge franchise and this is a franchise that is known for sometimes taking its story a little too weirdly seriously. In a way that's that's a little bit cringe, a little bit embarrassing.
1: Uh Heather. Yes. Devil may cry.
2: Not Devil May Cry. Ugh. It's a it's a mascot game.
1: Oh. Shit, can I ring in again?
2: Yeah, take another crack at it
1: sonic the hedgehog
2: it is sonic the hedgehog <laughs> can you guess one of three sonic Adven- sonic games where sonic the hedgehog uh, sonic the hedgehog president is, in- is involved sonic adventure 2 you are correct it is sonic adventure 2 uh want to guess the other ones anyone no nope. i mean he's got to be in 06 he is in 06
1: <laughs> is he in shadow
2: he is in Shadow, yeah. He's, he's in all <laughs> wow. three games. We've done. We have done a lot of Sonic. Uh, one of the Sonic games, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. The ending of Shadow the Hedgehog. The president says, "This planet was once safe from tyranny annihil- and annihilation by you two heroes. Now mankind must protect the peace at all costs. We must stand united to defend our world against these invaders." <laughs> it's from fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> God. okay uh matt, matt has three heather has two next up president ronnie <laughs> <laughs> president ronnie matt is having an asthma attack
1: uh, oh man um matt you may be too young
2: for this game this was an arcade brawler that was ported to home consoles in the 80s oh shit a beat-em-up game
1: uh um, heather
2: got a really dumb title go go for it heather
1: oh no oh man there, there goes my guess i don't know i was gonna guess double dragon
2: uh it's not double dragon but it's very close to double dragon it's <sighs> that, exactly that kind of game it's God not damn streets it. of rage it's not streets of rage no
1: it's final no, fight. this is
2: dumber than streets of rage it's not final fight oh, no fuck. the game we we're looking for is bad dudes <laughs> This is a really funny (laughs) bad bad dudes rocks. Uh, The the start of the beginning of bad dudes is President Ronnie has been kidnapped by the ninjas. Are you a bad enough dude to rescue Ronnie? So that's how the game starts. And then at the end, the the credit, the uh, reward you get for finishing this game is President Ronnie. I'll show this to you. uh, I'll show this to you here in a second, Matt. Hey dudes, thanks for rescuing me. Let's go for a burger. Ha 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 ha. Is it supposed to be like Ronald Reagan or 100% probably? supposed yeah. to be Ronald Reagan? Um, speaking of which, no one gets a point there. Speaking of which, President Ronald Reagan is uh, in which video game uh, franchise? Um, in Call of Duty. Um, in Call in Call of Duty. You're correct. It is Call of Duty. Do you know which Call of Duty?
3: Um, I don't remember how they titled this one. Um, cuz it's not Modern Warfare and it's not no, it's not a modern warfare. Um, it's it's Call of Duty, and it's a year, and I can't pull the year because I don't know anything about world history. And I thought Ronald Reagan was made up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't even know he was real. It's not a year, uh, Heather. Do you want to take a guess at the that the oh, very dumb wait, subtitle? No, I got it. Matt's got uh, it. Call of Duty Cold War, right? No. I'll give it to you. It's Black Ops Cold War, the, Ops, full Cold soul War. T- the full title. All right, I'll that give is you a point there. Full. Yeah. All right, you've got five. Uh, Heather's got two. Um, a, a few more here. You he play as Hinckley in one of the <laughs> <laughs> mini games. He's the hero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of presidents in video games, but there aren't very many first ladies. Although in one of them, you can play as First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> is it playable in what game? This is a this is a Forex strategy franchise. This is a uh, grand strategy game. Oh my god! Um, one of the biggest of the of them, They're very well known.
1: It's like Settlers of Catan or some shit.
2: Not Settlers of Catan. This is this is a this is a game? This is a a, a designed for uh for PC,
3: hmm. and it's like um. It's like an XCOM. Yeah, I mean, thing.
2: it's grander. It's grander than that. It's not. A, it's just tactical. It's it's a little bit more. Um, this is like a, a, you know, explore, expand uh, conquest sort of game. Is it civilization? It is civilization is Sid Meier's civilization. Uh, do you want to guess which civilization Eleanor Roosevelt is a playable leader?
3: Take a guess. Could it be Civ 6? Not Civ 6. No, I figured not. That's
2: the most recent one. Heather, want to guess?
1: No, I have no idea.
2: It was Civilization Two. Wow. Oh. They had uh, wow. male and female leaders for each civilization, and for America, they picked a first lady, because <laughs> 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 that was the option. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Another real, real historical figure. President Bill Clinton. This is a game we've covered. We've covered it, and he's in it? Right, with this game we've covered, and the game we've covered pretty recently.
1: No, I don't know these.
2: Uh, Heather was not here for this episode.
1: Oh, great. So, so I'm a double disadvantage. <laughs> what? You expect me to listen to the, the show when I'm not on it?
2: I absolutely don't.
3: <laughs> and yet I'm cursed. Uh, um, the, uh, gosh,
2: I can't even remember what we did last month. President, you play, you play. President Bill Clinton is an unlockable character in NBA Jam. Oh. oh.
1: wow yeah do you remember when they were doing that they put
2: like clinton in an nba jam and then he was in ready to rumble boxing there was like a period where they were just like ah it's fun let's let's throw clinton in there that's my ball mj he's a he's a fun guy yeah um all right last one
3: i ran out of blue dresses give me that
2: basketball (laughs) jesus last one uh matt's gonna win this but we'll, we'll do one more for completion's sake you you maybe won't recognize the president's name but I think the game is known as a big president game. President Michael Wilson.
1: Uh, I don't know.
2: Has there I, ever I been a president know. Michael? Um, let's see.
3: Too silly of a name, I think.
2: Was there a Maya? I'm having trouble thinking of scrolling Mike. through. Presidential first names. Mike Pence is the closest we got. Mike Pence. Michael Dukakis was a runner-up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is it Resident Evil 4? Not Resident Evil 4. No. Good guess. Resident game.
1: I don't know. I the just game don't you know. Be...
2: The game you <laughs> maybe know by reputation, although it was not a huge seller. Uh, it is, I think, a pretty, a pretty memed game. Uh, the game is called Metal Wolf Chaos. Oh. We're all we the videos. Oh. This oh. <sighs> final hope being the
1: U.S.
2: president in a fucking mech. <laughs> the president in a mech. Just absolutely wrecking house. Honestly, they should do this. They should do this. Just give Biden a gundam. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. He'll fall asleep in there. Honestly, war should be a president and another
3: opposing world leader one gun each one bullet sorted out
2: like give him max for for the fun of it
3: yeah give him yeah I'm just trying I'm just thinking I'm seeing the destruction here I just you know let's see who, who takes out who and call it a day <laughs> stop sending the fucking, uh the poor yes, yes. Mr. President?
4: nothing is pointless and the
2: reason is
3: <laughs> all, right. all right. We're good. Wow, actually, <laughs> never mind. Mechs all the way.
1: We, oh,
2: we should cover that at some point.
1: My head is my head hurts. We should absolutely uh, this, cover it. It's supposed to yeah. be amazingly fun. Uh,
2: that's this week's get played. Our producer is Rochelle Chen, Yard underscore underscore sard. Going to give Rochelle a follow. Our music is by Ben Prunty, benpruntymusic.com. Our art is by Duck Brigade Design, duckbrigade.com. And also, check out our Patreon show, Get Animated. Matt, what are we watching this week? We're watching episode seven of Pluto on Netflix, and boy, oh boy,
3: things are heating up. Wouldn't you say, Heather?
1: I, I would say that. Uh, heating up like a, like a pot of water on the lowest temperature. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but we do have fun talking about it And you can listen along Along with our entire Pre-Headgum back catalog Of Get Played episodes That's only at Patreon.com Slash Get Played And uh
3: Hmm What happened to us this week? I don't know We didn't get played Did we? We um We got freaking Geostigma'd Not gonna wash off Oh god Covered in geostigma
1: You guys are. That's not geostigma The thing that you're covered in It's not geostigma <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> that was a head gum podcast.